0: Welcome to Monorail Radio Dockside Chat number 16. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And we are doing something very different for us tonight. We're going to break the format just slightly because one of our most anticipated events of the year is happening right now at Disney Springs, the Flavors of Florida Festival. We had such a great time last year. So many of the restaurants and vendors here are participating. We figured this was a great opportunity to bring you a Dockside Chat, but also kind of make our way around Disney Springs and enjoy the festival tapa style because there is a lot to choose from this year.
1: Yes so we're going to go around to a couple of locations and then we are going to of course end at Dockside for a traditional chat but for now we're going to uh, do the best we can because as soon as we pulled up and parked in the orange garage the skies opened up and we actually waited out a pretty bad storm uh on the lower level so we just got into springs we're going to make our way around and hopefully we'll be able to get a seat at some of the bars because everybody ran for the inside
0: so our first stop today is going to be at wine bar george um, for the burrata that they have for flavors of florida admittedly we already ate it (laughs) We're we're trying to do this on the fly, kind of get like, thank you, kind of get the real-time reaction, but we had people that were dining next to us. We didn't want to distract them.
1: It's also super crowded because the rain sort of forced everyone inside. We were lucky to even get a seat here, Um, but I'm not going to be obnoxious about it. Plus, there was no easy way to do that. You couldn't have picked that up, and we also couldn't have held the recorder while we were trying to cut into it, so... Sorry. We'll do better at the next one. We'll try and give it to you in real time.
0: But, yeah, we figured that was a great place to start. little appetizer to get the night started. Uh, The burrata with the locally sourced uh, tomatoes, corn, uh, some basil, and the grilled sourdough bread. Um, It was absolutely outstanding. I thought that the burrata was rich. It was creamy. The tomatoes were so bright and vibrant and had a ton of flavor. The corn was nice. I don't think you really needed it. But if you're looking to really build on the flavor and and the idea of flavors of Florida, I get it. Um, the sourdough bread for me was a little bit of a letdown. I thought that, you know, I, I work in a restaurant that serves burrata. And, folks, anytime you get burrata on a crostini, it's from yesterday's bread. That's just what it is. But this, I'll be honest with you, was kind of like three days ago spread because it was very very hard to cut through it was very chewy um but other than that the the bite was fantastic the flavor was there
1: i don't think it was supposed to be crispy like a crostini though i think it was supposed to be pan fried like i do it just to absorb some of the oils um i really enjoyed this i have had the burrata here before when we came for brunch I don't usually go for avocado toast because I think it's just usually overpriced, but what they do for brunch here is they elevate it with the burrata, the bacon, the tomatoes, and I loved it when I had it for brunch, and this is no different. Um, I thought it was excellent. In the words of our good buddy Thanos, it was perfectly balanced. You get... The sweet, the salty, the savory, the citrus, all working together in conjunction. It was the perfect bite, and it's going to be very hard to top that with the rest of our sampling today.
0: We are sitting in Enzo's hideaway right now. I like—I am so excited to try their flavors from Florida dish. It is the Key, uh, the Key West Pink Shrimp Risotto. There's bacon in this, there's corn, there's Pecorino Romano cheese. This looks and smells incredible.
1: Yeah, I don't know about you, but this is the dish that I came out for tonight. I love a risotto, but this looks absolutely incredible. So while we're sitting here waiting for it to cool because it did come out screaming hot, um, I want to talk about the bread that they gave us we asked for a bar table so they sat us at a a high top bar table we would have been perfectly happy sitting at the actual bar um but they did bring us bread and this is like some of the best bread on property it is so crispy but also so doughy at the same time and the dipping oil is amazing um I loved the burrata on the sourdough, but to me, if you would have put the burrata on this, that's lights out.
0: All right, are we just about ready to take a bite here?
1: I think so. Why okay.
0: We're going to get our real time reaction. Let me try to get a bite that has a little bit of everything. I think that's bacon. It looks like bacon.
1: It's bacon.
0: All right, we got some bacon, risotto, oh. some shrimp, some corn.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm just going in on the risotto. I'm not getting the full bite yet.
0: No, I want the full bite. I'm waiting for your reaction. You're a risotto person.
1: Wow. That's really good. It tastes a little bit more brothy than I prefer, but that's not a bad thing here. I think it's going to complement the full bite really well. Go
0: ahead. Okay, but it's not like a fish brothy, right? Like, how would you... I don't know. What? I don't know. What I, is fish brothy? I don't know. When have
1: you ever heard of fish broth in your life, Mr. tour
0: I have seen some weird stuff.
1: Oh. No, you don't get the fishiness from the shrimp infiltrating the risotto. I think you're really going to like it. All your right.
0: there we go. Full bite. That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. It's, it's incredible. I'm I'm going in on a piece with the shrimp now and getting the full. Bite. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's really really good.
0: Because that's the thing, I was cautiously optimistic because I don't love seafood. Y-
1: you're being like super adventurous today.
0: Well, when in Rome, or in the basement of.
1: <laughs> it's actually the basement of Cuba.
0: That's fine too. Whatever. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the reaction. Mm-hmm. Um I know I'm jumping the gun here a little bit because we have a few more stops to make tonight, but I' I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb and declare I feel like I feel like one of the newsrooms during an election, I'm gonna go ahead and jump forward and declare a winner here for flavors of Florida. Um, I'm gonna declare this the winner. We have a few more stops. But this this is going to be very difficult to beat.
1: Yeah, this is going to be nearly impossible to beat. And I'm already upset that it's not on the menu full time.
0: Taking a quick break from the eating because the risotto was delicious. But it's very filling. And may I add, it's a lot for two people to finish, much less one. So if you're going to eat it, uh, you can definitely split it between two people and walk away satisfied.
1: Yes. I mean, our plan was to split it the entire time, but especially because we had burrata before that and bread. Uh, The portion is so big, we split it and we're still taking some home.
0: Yes. So, uh, we pulled aside to have a little cocktail here. And um, you went to the sake stand and got, what was this called? The Florida Sunset?
1: Yes. Um... Basically, so, first of all, I was very pleasantly surprised to find out that they do, in fact, serve the violet sake there, which I am a very big fan of at Epcot. Although it's it's kind of not the same when you don't get it from the Japan Pavilion. Fair. Um, this is delicious. I'm sorry, I already had to take a sip because I couldn't walk with it. Um, I think it's important to note A lot of the Flavors of Florida offerings uh, have vodka in them. And I get that vodka does very much complement the orange. Um, I'm not a big vodka person. It makes me rage. And it also gets me up in the middle of the night. And it burns my throat. So it's just not worth it to me. Uh, This has been happening for like seven years. And every time I try it again, I'm like, maybe this will be different. So I'm, I'm not falling in that trap anymore. But anyway... Uh, I opted for this instead of one of the vodka drinks. And um, it's delicious. It's sweeter than I thought it was going to be. It is very, very similar to the Violet Sake. Um, But you get um, pineapple juice, orange juice, and peach syrups in it. And I thought the peach was going to be the standout. And it's not. It's just... It's just really good. Like, flavors of Florida can't miss tonight.
0: Let me try. I, and now, the reason why I didn't get this for myself is because Sake and I do not get along.
1: They get along just fine. Don't let them fool you.
0: We get along too well. Oh, damn.
1: That's really good, right?
0: That's dangerous.
1: Yeah, it's delicious.
0: That doesn't taste like there's any alcohol in that. No, it's a silent It's dangerous. Trailer.
1: It's sweet, but not overly sweet where I don't feel like I can't finish it.
0: Yes, and then I went on a pilgrimage to get the Key Lime Margarita, but the joke was on me because after going to not one, not two, not three, but four of the outdoor bars, I was told that they do not have the fix-ins for them anywhere on property.
1: I still can't figure out why the Key Lime Margarita is not the offering from Dockside Margaritas. That just really doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense, but... I digress. We, we weren't skipping on a margarita offering for Flavors of Florida.
0: I did find that they are doing a substitution, the wild strawberry margarita. I have not had it yet. Hold that button. Oh, yeah. Is it as good as the strawberry basil, or that's just... The basil, it, it's missing the basil. Yeah. Like, I mean, literally. It's the
1: same, but without the basil. Yeah, give it a try. Okay.
0: Here, give it a shot. It's, it's really good. It's very good, mm. but that basil put it over the top.
1: It did. It took out the, um, that bite that you get from the tequila.
0: But, I mean, all in all, I'm very, very impressed so far with flavors of Florida. I, I, I said it before, I think that this is one of the low-key best food festivals, food events on property. And this is why, in spite of the heat, I always look forward to us getting into July in the summer. Because the offerings at this event are almost second to none.
1: Well, we've still got a lot to try. We're going to head on over to Dockside now. We are going to get their Flavors of Florida offering. We are going to record our Dockside chat. uh, And then we're going to get a little snack for the way home.
0: Yes. So we still have a couple things to try. Actually... I'm going to throw a wrench in the plan. I I want to get some dessert first. We're going to get some dessert first. Then we're going to go to Dockside. Okay. Because we haven't eaten enough. And once this break is done, I'm ready to eat some more. All right. So we just left the ganachery. And I am ashamed to admit that's the first time we've ever been inside the ganachery.
1: I know. I have been wanting to try that malted like frozen hot chocolate thing for ages but no it took flavors of florida to get us in here well better late than never i suppose so sean wanted to try the honey lavender square he's holding the recorder so i'm trying to get it out of the bag without touching it
0: are you you're not trying this correct no i'm good all right i'm just
1: going straight for my key lime pop yes i've been very excited about
0: they have two things to choose from the key lime pop and the Honey Lavender Square. But the weird thing is that the sign out front only advertises the Honey Lavender Square, but if you go on to the My Disney Experience app and look up the menu for flavors from Florida, it only mentions the key lime pop.
1: Well, what are they going to do? Advertise the $35 Indiana Jones Pinata instead?
0: Co- I'm going to give this a try.
1: You usually oh don't go for lavender, so I was really surprised that you picked that one. I don't like, oh, sorry.
0: I don't like the lavender as you assault me (laughs)
1: because it tastes like cleaning
0: supplies this doesn't taste like lavender this is so good it's ridiculous all right let me go ahead and get a bite of that
1: that's really good wow that's a really good summer treat because even though the chocolate is slightly melting already it still tastes very light
0: I would put this up against anything that you get at Giordelli. All
1: right. We're still trying to open the key lime pop here. All there right. we
0: go. All right. You got yours open.
1: Well, you're still holding that, so why don't we make this yours? Here you go.
0: And I'll wrestle the other one. Did you want to take a photograph for the social media before I bite into this?
1: Well, we should. Shouldn't we?
0: Anybody who has listened to Monoreal knows that we take our social media very seriously. Very, very seriously. Okay When we remember. When we remember. So on the surface, it's chocolate covered with sugar. It's literally like white sugar coating the outside of this pop.
1: It does make a nice presentation.
0: It does make a very nice presentation. Do you do this
1: ridiculous? (laughs) That I mean I really have never had a difficult time with chocolate before.
0: What's interesting about this one is that it's not one that you get from behind the counter. It's one that they had on a display in the front, so I suppose that's why they have put so much security
1: (laughs) on this thing. I think the idea, too, is that people take these home, which I don't recommend doing because it's chocolate, so this is never going to survive a plane, but, or at least they're trying to make it so that you can get it back to the hotel in one shot. Oh, the side just ripped open before (laughs) that. Okay, I got it. I'm in. All right. Not conventionally, but I'm in.
0: All right, well, cheers. The key lime pop from the ganachery flavors from Florida. Here we go. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah.
0: Oh, damn. Oh, my God.
1: That is stupid good. See, this is what I think of when I think flavors from Florida. Because last year, I remember they did a lot of strawberries, like our beloved strawberry basil margarita that they did not bring back. There was a lot of orange. I feel like this year, the menu is very much heavy on the shrimp appetizers at most places. And, of course... Every, everywhere that's doing dessert is doing like a key lime. But to me, this is what I think when I think of a Florida flavor This that is, is quintessential to Florida.
0: This is ridiculous. I am mm. not a big sweets guy. This is ridiculous as to how good this is.
1: So, the consistency is not what I was expecting. That's not to say that it's not good and I'm not enjoying it because I'm eating this thing pretty fast. But there's no graham cracker on the inside I thought there might be like a wafer it's just like the condensed milk and key lime flavor dipped in chocolate and it's excellent oh man we're gonna when we come back we're gonna have to get these I would love to put these in the freezer and have them cold
0: mm. <laughs> that's a hack oh man maybe
1: we don't wait till we come back maybe we just get them to go they're open late and, and we'll save them for down the line
0: you're welcome. This... I gotta be honest with you. I can't believe I'm gonna say this. But based on what we've had over the first two flavors from Florida festivals, I can't believe I'm saying this. This is reaching towards the top of the list. hmm hmm And I didn't think I'd be saying that about a dessert. It's amazing. Unbelievable. I am so enjoying this year's festival. We've made it home. <laughs> oh, sitting here... On the patio, in a nice armchair, dockside margaritas. The rain is officially blown out. It's cooled the place off. It's mellowed the place out a little bit.
1: It cooled the place off temporarily. I'm I'm dying again.
0: Or maybe I'm it's just, just because we ate a lot. I think it's because we ate a lot. <laughs> uh, and we might not be done. We'll see. We may make one stop. On our way to the car.
1: My goodness. We're
0: going to see. But uh, we are so excited to finally be here sitting in Dockside. We've had a wonderful, wonderful evening. And Uh, we
1: have a lot to discuss. We
0: have a lot, a lot to discuss. Um, So we're going to take a taste of these first. This is another Flavors of Florida sampling.
1: Yes, Dockside Margaritas is not offering a margarita for flavors of florida i mean they do they have all of their traditional margaritas but they are offering an orange daiquiri as their flavors of florida so what it looks like is a milkshake but we do need to try these because we got like two of the last ones The gentleman at the bar did not even want to charge me until he knew he could fill the two glasses up. So I guess they knew we were coming. Yeah.
0: Oh. We're
1: not sponsored yet, but I do feel like this is slight VIP treatment from the good people of Dockside. All
0: right. Yes. All right. So cheers. Oh, it's very light. Like in your hand, it's very light.
1: That was a surprise. I really thought I was going to have to, you know, I thought I was going to be on the struggle bus carrying both of these back, but it was totally fine.
0: Cheers. Mmm.
1: Mm. Oh. Oh, my. Um, okay. So, it looks like a milkshake, but it is so light. It, it's like a giant cup of foam, honestly. This is more like whipped cream than it is milkshake consistency. And holy cow, does it pack a punch. Oh, there's
0: so much rum in this.
1: In the words of Captain America, it packs a wallop.
0: Mmm. So, it's Florida orange juice. Big fan. Vanilla, oh, and
1: now it's on my dress.
0: Florida orange juice. Vanilla ice cream. Siesta Key silver rum. Wow. Wow, is that good. I feel like it's a sacrilege not to get a margarita at Dockside because they're so bloody good. But this is what they're offering for Flavors of Florida. So, I wanted to... I wanted to check two boxes and um but this does not disappoint.
1: It's what we came here for, but you did still get a margarita tonight.
0: I did. All right. I think it is almost time for us to get into the news. Let's go.
1: This episode is sponsored by Hidden Mickey Supply Co. Products include Disney and Pixar's inspired 3D straw charms, ornaments, and personalized photo nightlights. Listeners of Monoreal can get a 10% discount with the code MONOREAL10 at checkout. Visit Hidden Mickey Supply Co. on Instagram and Etsy to stay up to date on all of the new releases.
0: I can't put this drink down.
1: <laughs> Alright, so I'll just take it from here. We'll start off... I mean, really, I don't need you for this. I, not the whole episode. That It wasn't supposed to be that much of a diss. I just mean this first talk topic because we're going to catch everyone up on what we've been watching. Um, we finished Muppets Mayhem, and that's what I can talk about by myself because I just love the Muppets. I think this was the perfect avenue for them to come back. Um, I really love this series. I really love... You know, we talked about this because we'd gotten through most of it on our by our last Dockside chat. We just had one or two more episodes left. So we finished. Uh, it finished super strong. It was consistent throughout. Um, I absolutely love the humor. I will say this, the main character did get a little bit annoying at some points, but I don't think that that was... It, it's not a fault of the actress. It's the way that it was written. Because you can't have the band's success in every single episode. You do kind of have to have the high-low. But... I think you can tell that they weren't sure if they were coming back for a second season or not, so it kind of seemed like they front-loaded a lot of storylines, and that's why they just put her through so much, I feel, unnecessarily, for the sake of having a a well-rounded 10-episode arc instead of letting it bleed into next season a little bit. Um, But... At the time, we would have never known that this could very well be the last season because of the writer's strike. So they left the door open for a season two. I think the show is buzzy enough and enough people are talking about it and it was successful enough that they would have done it, but who knows how it's going to be impacted because of the strike now,
0: which is a shame. The strike is going to be the reason why they don't bring it back. The strike is going to be an excuse for not bringing it back, whether they had planned to or not. This is what they're going to blame it on. They're going to pivot it. They're going to spin it. Um, I hope it comes back. But unfortunately, when it comes to Disney and the Muppets, there's been no consistency with the ability to bring things back, even when the show is very good. We've referenced it before. The Muppet show that was on ABC, Mm -hmm. when they parodied The Office Meets a Late Night Show, was absolutely brilliant. If that didn't make it, I don't see how this is going to make it, but I I hope that it does.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's also very telling of how they are trying to get more Muppets in the parks. So, clearly, something is testing well here. Um, So, I'm hoping that between the Jollywood Nights and um, having Bunsen and Beaker at the brewing booth uh, at Food and Wine Festival, that... um, you know, maybe there is just that renewed interest and it might be enough to carry over to Disney Plus and get us a season two. One show I'm not worried about at all is Secret Invasion, which we did start immediately after Muppets. Um, I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, that first episode without spoiling anything, cause I know a lot of people are still catching up and we're only three episodes in ourselves. And I think there's about four out now. Um, That first episode certainly kept you on your toes. I wasn't really expecting any of what happened.
0: The end was shocking. Um, I've so far enjoyed it an awful lot. Uh, I do think that that'll be back. I think you'll see more of that, in spite of the fact that Bob Iger recently said that he thinks that there's been an oversaturation of Marvel and perhaps people have lost some interest due to the oversaturation that is Marvel and building up to the end of the Infinity Saga. And I don't think that he's necessarily wrong about that.
1: Oh, we've said that on the show before.
0: But I think that of all of the things, I think Marvel is a safe bet even still. And I'm sure that we will get more of that on Disney Plus once the writer's strike has ended.
1: Well, that's the thing. Everything is going to have a chance to breathe a little bit because of this strike which we are going to talk about a little bit later we are definitely going to talk about Mr. Iger again a little bit later but first let's get into what we have been up to in and around the parks because as we mentioned we did upgrade to the Pirate Pass so we have been able to get in the parks on weekends and we have a lot more parks content for you. First though we're going to start with we're going to start at the beginning. After we recorded last uh, month's dockside chat, we got a snack for the w- ride home. We went over to Gear Jellies and got some milkshakes. Um, I really like Gear Jellies. It's not something that we did. I don't think we ever did it on vacation. Actually. We
0: never did it on vacation.
1: Um, and this was only like our second time, but it's kind of like why? Like why did we never go?
0: Oh, uh, I think I think it, the wine was always out the door.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And when we're here. We we prioritized coming here. Now we right. prioritized coming to Dockside. We prioritized going to Raglan. Um, you know, on our on vacation, our, our time was so precious that we didn't really invest any time in going to get a milkshake from what you would consider a quote unquote chain restaurant.
1: True, and the location also plays a big factor in because when this was downtown Disney. Um, that was, like, the only late-night snack thing that they had. Like, they didn't have the ganachery. They didn't have chicken guy. Um, now, I think things like this are spread out. Um, the, the gelateria. Yeah. I don't think that was here. If it was, I never noticed. Um, no, it's not, because it's by Boathouse. Yeah. That was never there. So... I think it's also a little bit different now that things are more spread out. Gear Deli's is a little bit more easily accessible because the line's not nearly as long. Um, But it was
0: good. Yeah, I mean, excellent milkshake. Super rich, super creamy. Uh, Definitely on the top of my list in terms of milkshakes on property. Probably just milkshakes in general, actually.
1: But that's not why our listeners have tuned in to hear about milkshakes.
0: No. They've tuned in to hear us discuss things such as Utilizing our annual passes and going to the Magic Kingdom.
1: Yes. Um, so, wow, that was a while ago already. Yeah. Um, we went to Magic Kingdom. Um, I had off um, for Juneteenth. Um, my company gave us off for the holiday. Um, so, and, and that was one of the days that we were not locked out, which was surprising right. because it's a three-day weekend. Um, what was more surprising was when we got there, it did not feel that crowded. Um, we had a reservation for Skipper Canteen, which we love. Um, so we were expecting to grab dinner, watch Happily Ever After, and if we got on an attraction, great, and if not, not what we were there to do, so we wouldn't have been that upset about it. We got on three attractions that night, which was wild, um... We did Tiki Room at first, just because we needed something that was kind of close to Skipper Canteen, and anything else that we wanted to go on, the line was just too long where we wouldn't have been able to do the wait and then get over to Adventureland, so we figured just stay in the area. It was also still pretty hot at that point, so I didn't hate the air conditioning at all.
0: Well, mind you, when we got into Magic Kingdom, when we scanned in, the wait for Haunted Mansion on the My Disney Experience app was only 20 minutes. So we ran over there, but by the time we got there, it jumped up 40 minutes. That's right. So that's how we ended up at the Tiki Room. But, I mean, how brokenhearted am I to be at the Tiki Room? Not at all. Uh, Did the Tiki Room, and then we went to Skipper. Had a phenomenal dinner. As always. As always. I mean, Skipper Canteen just never disappoints. It is probably one of the most consistent restaurants on property.
1: I feel like, well, I feel like Magic Kingdom gets the bad rap as far as food goes. Like, people like it as a snacking park, but not for the sit-down restaurants, because you do have a lot of character dining there. Um, Be Our Guest is not as good as it was when it opened, let's just face facts. I feel like Golden Horseshoe and um, Tony's Town Square are hit or miss. But I feel like people sleep on, keep, on Skipper Canteen. And I don't know if it's because they feel like it's a very fancy restaurant where you can't bring kids. Um, I think the menu is a little bit more high-end. So I would see where that maybe is a turn-off if you have young kids that are picky eaters. Uh, and I don't disagree with that because I feel like it, it is kind of hit or miss in that regard. If you don't have kids that are that adventurous as far as, as far as eating goes... That might be why it's it's easier to get a reservation, especially for for us going as two people.
0: I think for the price point, uh, it's it's difficult for a family of five or six to go in. Uh, I think to your point, um, I, I think that the uh, menu for a kid may be a little too adventurous. But as you pointed out, you're in Magic Kingdom. By and large, people want to do character dining they want to see characters. You're not going to see it at Skipper Canteen. And I'm fine with that. Um, It's kind of nice to have a place to go as a Disney adult where you can kind of kick back, have a glass of wine. Yeah, there are kids there, of course. It's Disney. There are kids everywhere. I'm never going to complain that there are kids at Disney. Some people do, and I think it's ridiculous look at where you came. But there is something to be said for having a place to go where you're not dealing with getting rammed with the stroller and the screaming infant. So Skipper Canteen is one of those places. The food is always banger, um, always consistent, always very good. From there, we went and rode uh, Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: Yeah, super short wait.
0: Yeah, I think that was about 20 minutes, give or take.
1: I think it said 20. I don't think we waited 20.
0: And then we got out of Pirates.
1: And then we did her Magic before yes. we went to get our spot for the fireworks. And
0: before we got our spot for the fireworks, we went and got Dole Whip. Yes. Which was perfect. And...
1: Uh, um, I got... It's it's the new Dole Whip. Um,
0: you got the float, didn't you?
1: Yeah, because it has pog juice in it. I mean, say less. There's pog juice and a cake pop. And it's only a dollar more than the, the regular float.
0: That was very good to value. To get the whole
1: cake pop in there. And it was delicious.
0: And then we went... Farther up on Main Street USA than we usually do to watch Happily. Um, and well, that was a gem. What yeah. a hidden gem that was.
1: Well, I think I think it was because the crowd was a little bit lower. I feel like if if it was like a normal summer crowd, I don't think it would have been as pleasant to watch. But we did have to sort of start creeping up toward the front of the park because we were parked at the TTC. We knew we were going to have to monorail over there and be mindful of getting back in time for our dogs. So um, we kind of knew at that point we were going to have to sacrifice a good view for Happily. But I mean, do we really care? Like, we're just so happy to have it back at this point, myself included. The Wishes stand was tearing up quite a bit during Happily.
0: And they weren't running the ferry boats because of the weather that night. In fact, we thought they were going to cancel happily. While
1: we were on Pirates, it really opened up. Yeah. Uh, So we were lucky. That's why the weight was so low. After we came off, the weight had skyrocketed. Correct. Because people were wanting to get inside. Um, But it was so nice to see it again.
0: Yeah. It was awesome. It was a great night. So then we went and saw Elemental.
1: Yes. We, unfortunately, didn't make it in its opening weekend, which I would have liked to because everybody is being deterred by the box office numbers, and I don't think that that's a reason to throw your hands up and say, well, I'm not going to see it. I mean, I know, like, this is the divide, obviously, right? People aren't going to go to the theater when they can watch from the comfort of their own home, and that is part of a bigger conversation. But I feel like so many people... We're listening to the naysayers on this film, and I don't know why. Because it was, well, before we get into Elemental, I do want to say it opens up with a gem of a Pixar short. Um, I have mixed feelings about Carl going on a date after, you know, the, the whole point of Up is how he's trying to navigate his life without Ellie. And now we see him, we don't see him moving on, but. It's just a really clever setup, and his lines are absolutely hysterical. It's a great short. I
0: really enjoyed it. I just like that they got Ed Asner one more time before he passed away. Yes. Um, Yeah, it was a very good short. In regards to Elemental, you know, I said Elemental, and you can listen to our bonus episode that we cut last week where we talked about the Pixar rankings in IndieWire. I ranked Elemental as an in-the-middle Pixar film. It was not a bad film, but it wasn't anything earth-shattering. Visually, it was stunning. I thought the story was good, but nothing that we haven't seen before. It was predictable, but it wasn't bad. I think it told the right story. I think it sent the right message. And I very much enjoyed it. I I don't know why people hated on it the way that they did, um, but certainly... They did, and I don't think that that was justified.
1: Well, I think part of the reason is that Kixar is sort of falling into that trap of it it sucks being the show pony, you know? Because they've had so many hits and so many incredible films that when you don't get one of those bangers that leaves everyone emotionally wrecked, people just write it off as bad. This was not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Is it one of my favorites? No. Is it as good as something like a Coco or an Inside Out or a Ratatouille? You can go back and listen to the episode that we just did, Disagreeing with IndieWire, who didn't actually watch the Pixar movies, but they put out this list regardless, and I'll die on that hill. Clickbait. Um, but... Just because it's not one of the leaders of the pack, it doesn't mean it's bad. And I, I, feel like that's what we're missing here: is that the point is to go see for yourself. But people are going to wait until it's streaming. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the unfortunate.
0: That's thing. the part of the bigger conversation. Um, because there's no reason why a movie like Indiana Jones should have uh, hit the wall the way that it did, and right. it, and it did, and and. You know, it held the top box office spot for, like, a week because it opened up against nothing, but that doesn't necessarily make it the financial uh, home run that that Disney and Lucas needed it to be. Um, I think people have just gotten used to the idea of, I don't need to go pay $15 a ticket to go see it in the movies because it'll be on streaming in four months. Um, And that's the part of a bigger conversation that we'll get into, I'm sure, in a little while.
1: I think the other thing, though, that needs to be said is that everybody is so over IPs and sequels and remakes. They gave you an original concept. Go see the original concept.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens when Wish comes out. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see if people go and, and, and support that one. Uh, let's talk about a trip we took to Epcot.
1: Yes, um, with our friends from the aforementioned Hidden Mickey Supply Co. Um, Heather and Taylor were in town, so this was a long time coming. Um, we planned to finally meet them in person, um, so we decided to meet them at the Passholder Lounge in Epcot and check that out because we hadn't gotten to yet. Um, we did have the nuts because your friend from work snagged them for us, and it's a very good thing that she did because... Uh, There were none to be had.
0: Yes, thank you, Amanda. I appreciate it. Yeah, there was none to be had. There was nothing to be had. No M&Ms. I think those were being offered at one
1: point. They were,
0: and they were gone. They ran out the day before. There Um, was water. Thank you. There was water and tables with Mickey AP decals on it.
1: I will say...
0: I mean, I'm glad they gave us something. Yes. That was nice. I mean,
1: and then, you know, like a week later, you get the email from Universal, passholder night is back. Um, But they're trying. Um, I will say it was crowded, not overcrowded, but crowded enough where I'm hoping that bigger picture, they start thinking about giving us a more designated area. If you have it for Disney Visa cardholders, which realistically, how many... Card holders are going up to the America Pavilion or the, the Vacation Club Lounge. Right. I really think that this was a test run. So I'm happy that it was crowded to a point where there was interest, but not crowded enough where you couldn't get a seat. Um, speaking of low crowds, um, once Heather and Taylor met up with us, um, we were leaving because we were going to go to a World Showcase, and I noticed that there was a 10-minute wait for Soren. So I was like, do we want to get on this? why look a gift horse in the mouth Um, and heather was so sweet because she remembered that i'm not a big fan of heights and i was like no soren's one that i do in fact i think what i said was no soren's a baby ride i'll be fine um famous last words um we get through the queue where by the way they were playing the soundtrack from hook okay
0: then they were playing the soundtrack from et which was very yeah, interesting. Yeah, all,
1: all the John Williams hits from Spielberg movies, but anyway, uh, <laughs> sure, in Disney, why not? Um, so we get on the ride, and we're, we're in row one. So already, I'm not thrilled, but I'll do it. I've done it before. I've been on it enough times where it's like, there's no surprises, except this time. We get over... The mountain. That first transition. Yep. And I felt a judder, and I grabbed you, and I was like, what was that it doesn't do that? Because here's the thing. I I go on the ride. I know the ride. I know what to expect. And I was like, that's not supposed to be there. And I quickly found out why. Because the video ended, but the ride did not, because we were still in the air. And I was trying to be mindful of... Us being with Heather and Taylor, not having a complete meltdown in front of our friends, and also that there are children around. I will give myself a lot of credit. I mean, did I handle it well? No. No, but I will give myself credit. There were no four-letter words said. I, I was just like, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. And I was trying to breathe. We were up there. I mean, really, it was only a total of like three minutes. But for me, where this is my nightmare, it seemed to drag on a lot longer than that. And I was getting very concerned about what happens when they release us. Are we going to go down like it's the Tower of Terror? I seriously, and I do not recommend this, too many people do it, and you shouldn't. But I really wanted to unclip and shimmy down the side, because I just needed to get down from this wreck.
0: Yes, you wanted to get out of the safety to go into the danger that you feared so badly. And the amazing thing was all it does is it just basically lets the air out of the hydraulic. It was a smoother landing than the actual ride.
1: It was, but what I think happened was that, and the reason that we got stuck up there was because the video fell out of sync with the motion, and that judder that I felt was the fireworks judder at the end because then you start lowering down. So, I I mean, I don't know. I'm not an Imagineer, but that's my theory on what happened, and now I'll never go on Thorne again.
0: Ah, new rides that Jackie won't do at Disney. (laughs) That's fine, you can hold my lounge fly.
1: Well, to your point, though, you did say in one of your rants making fun of me that the more rides I retire, the more expensive my AP becomes. Yeah.
0: So, I, I guess
1: for the sake of not devaluing the AP.
0: And, you know, you've been going on Soren for almost 20 yeah. years. This is the first time that it's ever happened.
1: The first row will be retired. I will be the jerk that asked them to put us in row three.
0: And if they say no? I don't know. We'll see what happens.
1: Depends on how many margaritas I've had.
0: Today. Oh, great. Another ride <laughs> Jackie won't do at Disney.
1: Um, pleasant surprise that night. We didn't realize uh, that Simple Plan was the each. to the... Uh, I'm saying each to the beat, and that's not right. Um... Garden Rocks. Garden Rocks, yes. Uh, that was the Garden Rock show. I remember how crowded that was last year. We didn't go because we hadn't gotten our APs yet, and we couldn't get in on the weekend, even if we had them. Um, but I remember the social media explosion from last year, so it was really cool to get to see them. Um, they were great. I mean, nostalgia they awesome. aside, they put on a really, really good show. They did a bunch of covers, like... They covered Blink-182, they covered Avril Lavigne. But they
0: covered The Killers.
1: Yes, but that was really good, though. But, you know, I guess you kind of come to expect that when you get these 90s bands that do, the, that do these shows. They just play music of that era.
0: They were very good. I was pleasantly surprised with them. Uh, the energy was great. The crowd loved it. Um, and I thought it was such a nice story that the lead singer met his wife here at Walt Disney World. So... It was. She was of age. That's important to mention. Yes, Um, but it was great to see that he had her and the whole. Now their kids were there. Like it was just was a a nice nice moment, and it was a very very good uh, performance. And then we went to Rosen Crown, got a couple of cocktails, got a nice high top table, and kicked it and watched one of my favorite shows, Epcot Forever.
1: Um, I'm just so happy it's back. I mean, there's nothing like hearing all that audio, but. It was so nice to be able to just be in one given area and walk over to the lagoon and watch and not have to worry about your vantage point.
0: Funny how that works when you're watching a fireworks show, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, Fancy bad. But it was great. I always enjoy it. And thank you, Heather and Taylor, for such a lovely evening. We had a really great time. Soaring aside, we had a lot of fun.
0: And I mentioned earlier that we went and saw Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. That was Fourth of
1: July weekend
0: because we couldn't get in the parks. Correct. Which was fine. It was I wouldn't too crowded. Have to. I, I wouldn't have it. wanted to go. And it was hot.
1: Oh, it was so hot that weekend. Uh,
0: unpopular opinion this movie is better than Temple of Doom. I said it. I can't take it back. <laughs> Deal with it. Um, I really did like this an awful lot. To me, it's still. It's still Raiders Last Crusade, although you could flip flop either one of them and not be wrong. Followed by Guile, and then Doom, and then Skull. I, I, that's kind of how I rank these. I, I loved seeing Harrison Ford in the role again. I thought the de aging CGI that they did for a portion of the film looked very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the, I thought the story was a lot of fun, um, and, and it's kind of sad. It's, it's over. It has to be over. Um, he really can't do this anymore. Um, I do wish that they would... Re- this is one of the few roles that I wish they would recast. Um, I-, I kind of think that Indiana Jones can continue the way of James Bond, um, okay. but I don't think... Right now, I don't think it's in the cards. Um, I'm sure they'll do it eventually. Uh, I've gone on record before, and I will say it again, that I think Bradley Cooper would be an unbelievable Indiana Jones. But I really, really enjoyed this film an awful lot, and uh, it's one that if you haven't seen yet, and you're a fan of the franchise, you should definitely go check it out.
1: Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, I don't have as much of a stake in it as you do. I've not even seen Crystal Skull, so I'm not going to rank them, because that wouldn't be fair. Um, I mean, my, my dad loves Indiana Jones, so I have grown up on the original trilogy. Um, I definitely enjoy them. This was no different. Um... I agree with you. I think the de-aging was incredible. Uh, I love Matt Mickelson. He was great.
0: So good. Um,
1: I mean, he always is, right? He gets typecast as the villain, but, like, who cares? Um, he, w- he was fantastic in this. Um, I liked the story. Um, I liked Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, you know, I think she held her own in a movie of this caliber. Um... I do disagree with you, though. I, out of respect to Harrison Ford and Steven Spielberg, I kind of, and even though Spielberg didn't direct this one, um, I'm okay letting it go with the two of them. Just let it, let it be their thing. Let that be their legacy. I don't know that we keep need to keep bringing it back. But if they were to, yeah, I do feel like the character could live on, much like James Bond does. I'm not saying it should, but. I, I could see that continuing.
0: So, um, as we mentioned earlier, we dropped a bonus episode last week that we recorded live from Baseline Tap House, uh, talking about the Pixar films ranked by IndieWire who didn't watch any movies. Um... So needless to say, we found ourselves at Hollywood Studios, which means for the third time since having our upgraded passes, we have been in a Disney park, which just makes me very happy to say Um, that we've been there three times. Um, Baseline was awesome. Um,
1: We were joined by Kelly and Pat.
0: Yes. uh,
1: And we went to, I mean, of course, we had to follow up Indiana Jones with the Indiana Jones Bar.
0: Yes. Um,
1: What a great use of that space. We've been in there before, and I said it to you then, I was like, how many people are realistically buying Indiana Jones merch that they have this entire store? I mean, the placement is fine. It's right next to the attraction. All makes sense. But... I just couldn't figure out why they had that much of a retail space for that attraction. And now they put a bar there with really delicious drinks.
0: Oh, the leather fedora.
1: Um, that was good. That packed a punch. And then I had the cucumber margarita made with green tea and it was spectacular. It was just, it, it was the perfect thing for a hot day. It was so refreshing, so light. Um, I absolutely loved it, and we had the best time with Kelly and Pat. We finally got on a ride with them because we realized we've never been before. Uh, So we got on Star Tours, five-minute wait.
0: Five-minute wait.
1: That park. Okay, so we were surprised that on a three-day weekend, the crowds felt low. Epcot, the first weekend that the Northeast schools are, are out, That Sunday, not so bad. And that's when most people are... You know, if you ended school on Friday the 23rd and... uh, uh, I'm sorry, Friday the 23rd of June, and then, you know, you take a day on Saturday or if there's graduation ceremonies, whatever, and then you travel on Sunday the 25th, the 25th is when you really are going to start to feel those crowds. And we really didn't at Epcot. So now we thought for sure this is all... Our good luck is going to run out and... It's going to catch up with us and Hollywood Studios is going to be jammed. It was dead. It was dead. Like, not just low crowd. It was dead.
0: There were no filled tables at baseline. You could have sat at literally any of the tables.
1: Granted, it poured, but when we walked by the second time... Still empty. We went to um, Docking Bay 7 for dinner. Oh, that walked. was a first for us. How yep. did I almost forget had,
0: that? Hadn't been to Docking Bay 7. Walked right up to the counter, ordered our food. It came out quickly, and we had our pick of tables.
1: I really enjoyed Docking Bay 7. It was very I good. loved what I got. I got the... Um, it was the, the beef with the yuca. Yes. Um, I forget the name of it. It's a Star Wars-y name, but
0: um, it was delicious. And I had the chicken tip-yip, which was basically fried chicken, uh, little fried chicken cubes. I don't want to call them nuggets, but they're like fried chicken cubes with charred broccoli and mac and cheese. The broccoli and the mac and cheese was very good. I'll be honest with you, the chicken was a little dry, but it was towards the end of the night, so it was not the freshest of the chicken. But it was still good enough where I would eat it again. I'd like to try it again. But the point is, we were able to walk up right away without problem and get a spot. So, yeah, we just we felt how low the crowds were all night long.
1: I think that's also why the chicken was sort of dry because they clearly weren't firing new food because the crowds were just that low.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy how low that crowd was. It's crazy how low the crowds have been. And and it kind of leads into our conversation now. This is our big talk topic of the night. Uh, Bob Iger has been extended as the CEO of the Walt Disney Company until 2026. I have um, mixed feelings
1: about I it, I have honest,
0: a lot like, of mixed feelings about this.
1: Especially because of everything that has followed suit this week. Um... Before we get into all of that, though, let's dial it back to when this was announced. My mixed feelings were more about um, I mean, as a Disney fan, am I thrilled that he's still gonna be at the helm? Yes, absolutely. Um, Where I get conflicted is as a daughter whose father is retiring in two weeks, um, who is always the hardest worker in the room, he never complains. You know, he has just been such a role model for me my whole life, the way that he's put the work in. And it has been my greatest wish to see him retire and enjoy a long, happy, healthy retirement. And I am so thrilled that he's going to get to do that in two short weeks. So the daughter in me does feel guilty that Bob Iger is going to be taking time away from his family for us. For the fans and for the sake of this company. And, you know, time isn't promised. And that's kind of what's in the back of my mind.
0: That was very nice. Thank you. That's my turn. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very happy that, that he's going to stick around because in Bob we trust. My concern is, how do you not have a successor? Mm. How do you not have somebody within this company that is a worthy successor? And that's the scary thing. How is it that you don't have somebody at the helm or somebody waiting in the wings? You obviously rushed to put Chapek in the seat, and you failed. So I give you credit for dialing back and not making that mistake a second time. But... For the longest time, we talked about Josh DeMauro. We talked about our former CFO. Clearly what this means is Josh DeMauro is not that person.
1: Are we sure, though?
0: I'm fairly sure.
1: See, that's where I go back and forth because I'm wondering if that's why he agreed to 2026, because that's enough time to help Josh make the transition. I don't think he's out yet.
0: It's just bothersome that they don't have anybody that they believe can lead this company. And the company needs leadership, you know, and let's just call it what it is um, for a multitude of reasons that I will not be getting into. Disney's public perception is not as uh, glittery as it used to be. Um, Some right, some wrong. uh, when Bob Iger came back, he said that something that was disturbing to him, something that had upset him, was how people had been priced out of Disney World, how, how the cost had gone up, and it was very, very difficult for families to make it happen. Um, and other than some discount deals and the return of the um, Disney dining plan, which, oh, by the way, doesn't happen until next year anyway, you haven't dropped the price on these hotels. And um,
1: or given anything back in terms of Magical Express or extra fast mag- Passes.
0: Extra magic hours. Yeah,
1: even, I mean, that... Would
0: cost you nothing more than the added payroll of having to keep a couple of parks open two to three extra hours.
1: Right, we can't say that they cost nothing because it would cost the labor, but that would be a huge boost for guest experience.
0: We're, we're still in this JPEC cone where you you keep charging and charging and you're not giving anything back. Mm-hmm. You added Jollywood, another ticketed event, which we did get tickets to because um, we want to experience that. But you're not to me you're not backing up your claim that it's it's upsetting and disturbing and bothersome to you that people are getting price gouged. Because these hotels, value resorts were actual value resorts. 85 to 125 a night, depending on the time of year, day of the week, etc. and so forth. I wanted to get a room for the Wine and Dine Week. And I looked six months ago, and the all stars, the all stars that we've never paid more than $90 a night to stay at, were going for $250. I refused to pay it. Florida resident discounts came out, looked into that. Of course, the value resorts, they had nothing available. Because remember, they only block out a certain amount of rooms when they do those, so they could block out one room per hotel and say they met their quota because they did block out rooms at a Florida resident price. And each type of discount does get a certain
1: block of rooms. It's not like, alright, half of our hotel is going to go for discounts. There are X amount of rooms per per pass holder right. or per Florida resident or right now they also have the Disney Visa discount. Um... And the Disney Plus discount, which are two of the better discounts. One of them is up to 35%, but it's 35% off of expensive. So it really doesn't bring the cost down the way that it would, like when you and I used to go on vacation and we would book Pop Century and then, you know, a couple months before our trip, we would knock like 300 bucks off the room and it
0: was great. Right. Right a room that was only costing us a $100 a night to begin with. Right. So you can take 35% off and say, "Look, we gave you something, but you've jacked the room up to $250 that you used to book for 85."
1: It's that baseline price. That's what's got to come down for you to really feel like it's a discount. But 35% off of prices that have been driven up, it's not going to really make that much of a difference. It's it's not going to Feel like you're saving that much when the room is still over $200.
0: So, I was going to stay at Port Orleans, because with the Florida resident deal, it was $268. Um,
1: And they were on the buses to
0: the race. The race and the after party. Now, the race wouldn't have made a difference, because I would have driven myself to Epcot, because I wasn't spending my half of our mortgage payment to sleep in a hotel bed an hour and 15 minutes away from property. I, I just can't justify that. I, I just can't. So I was going to get just Sunday night. I was going to drive from the coast, the hour and 15 minutes to Disney, run the race, go to the hotel, jump in the pool, get showered off. The Dolphins are playing in London against the Chiefs that morning. I'm going to watch them lose that game, take a nap, and then go to, to the after party. That was my plan the whole time. And I said, you know... Let me just see what Universal's doing. Because if Disney's running Florida Resident Discount, Universal will certainly be doing it. Well, guess where I'm staying? Not only did I get Endless Summer for $100 cheaper than Port Orleans, I got it for the entire weekend for $100 cheaper.
1: Right, so now you can stay the night leading into the race so you're not leaving the house early and then having a run. You have a place to go get cleaned up, and now you have a place to crash after the after-party. So
0: you don't well, have to drive back that same night. Well, I was never going to do that. I was always going to get the hotel on Sunday so that after the after-party I would go back to the hotel and sleep. But the difference is, instead of having to wake up at 1.30 in the morning and be in the car at 1.45 to get to Epcot by 3... I can sleep until two forty-five, get in the car by three, be at Epcot by three fifteen and so, still have enough time.
1: Listeners, now you know where his priorities are at. It was always gonna be the hotel after the after party. Right. Not getting a well-rested night before you run.
0: I would have just gone to bed by seven o'clock. But I would have given I would have knocked an hour or two off of my sleep. Now I get to do the same thing right. and be fifteen or twenty minutes from property. But that's my point. I got an entire weekend for a hundred dollars less Than one night.
1: No, and that's where it's like Disney, you got to wake up and smell the coffee because if this is happening now and Super Nintendo World is not even open yet, what do you think is going to happen?
0: And and they've had a a great success at Super Nintendo World in Hollywood. So people are buzzing here, and every day you see on the news, here's more construction, here's another roller coaster piece that went in. You know, they're just. they, They are. They're, all, they're going to hold Disney's feet to the fire by 2025. I, I, I really believe that.
1: Unless maybe that's why prices have not come down so much because they're trying to cash in when they can because Universal is no longer an overnight weekend park. It's going to become a three, four-day vacation, and they are going to lose a lot of people. And if these prices don't come down, you're just going to watch them go.
0: Perhaps, but... It'll be interesting to, to see what Bob Iger does, you know, with the next two and a half years or so, or three years that he remains the CEO of this company.
1: Well, here's the thing. I think that he had a plan, but I think now he's got a course correct again because of what is happening with the writers and now SAG Strike. We talked about the writers' strike uh, two months ago on our Dockside chat because it had just happened. Uh, For those keeping count, we are almost three months into it now. Um, You know, and there has not been a lot of momentum. In fact, I said then, what you really need is the actors to join in on the picket lines. And they're not going to want to do that because they don't want to piss off the studios who are going to hire them. That has all changed because the sag after contracts were up, they needed to be renegotiated anyway. This is the first time in, I think, um, six years that this has happened where both contracts were up at the same time and both are going on strike. Um, and I'm so happy that this is happening now, um, that they have joined forces, because now that the actors are involved, things are going to happen... They're going to start to happen a lot quicker um, because you do have the celebrity behind it. But more importantly... I'm just thrilled that they're getting ahead of all of this AI nonsense because, you know, I feel like that's the piece of the puzzle that a lot of people are missing. I see where it's very off-putting to hear this news that the actors are on strike and, you know, your heart doesn't bleed for the Leonardo DiCaprios and the Brad Pitt's of the world who are going to make money in spite of themselves. But that's not who needs this strike. What a lot of people don't realize is that writers and actors, there are more working class blue-collar writers and actors than there are A-listers and high-paid writers. And those are the people that are affected by this the most. Um, You know, we had talked about the writer's end of it, but I think the big piece that people are missing is how the actors are being affected because what they wanted to do with AI um, is not only feed actors' performances in and have them generate scripts, which is what was affecting the writers, but now you're doing it with um, an actor's certain style of delivery or or a certain style of humor. Um, You're going to be copycatting that. But the bigger issue is that they were going to take images, and this doesn't affect your A-listers as much, but they were going to take the images of background actors, film them once, and then basically, if that's you, you're going to sign your life away. You're going to get paid for the day, and your image is going to be superimposed onto any kind of background or any kind of cgi that they want um so you're not going to get paid in residuals for that one appearance and they can just do whatever they want how anybody ever thought that that was going to fly is beyond me um and to me it's scary that it even got to that point where that was allowed to be put in a contract so i'm really glad that they're that they're ahead of it and. They're not going to back down because they can't. Um, but, you know, as this pertains to Disney, I mean, obviously, it's going to be a while before we get any new content. Personally, I think it might be 2025 before we see new content because this strike is going to carry on for a while longer and by the time you put people back to work, by the time they write the content, film the content, edit the content, you're looking at end of 2024 the earliest to start getting stuff out so it's really, it's going to be another year um, it's not great when we're already having these issues over people not going to see films in the theater and waiting for the streamers, but this is part of the part of the bigger problems facing the industry right now
0: people have gotten used to the idea that for 6.99 a month they don't need to go to the movies anymore. I think that we need to go back to a day and age where a movie came out, it ran in theaters for three or four months, within reason, um, and it doesn't come out on VHS for six months, to a, six months to a year. Agreed. You know, or DVD, Blu-ray, streaming at this point. I think uh, the whole movie leaves the theater and then four weeks later, oh, it's available for streaming in two weeks and it'll be on uh, home video, Uh, two weeks after that, or a month after that, I think you need to let this stuff linger. But the streamers are in such competition with each other that they can't wait to get it on the streaming service. It's a slippery slope. Um, I think streaming can be a great thing. And I think streaming... um, I think streaming can ruin the movie-going experience. And... um, It'll be interesting to see how they come out of this. And Bob Iger, uh, for maybe the first time in his professional life, kind of put his foot in his mouth.
1: Um, he absolutely did.
0: And I don't know who he thought would support what he said, um, which I think you you have a you you can quote it better than I can.
1: Um, What he said, um, because I had seen a couple of articles released before I I saw it picked up with a a bigger news source, and then I saw the video of it, because when you're reading it, I was like, he couldn't have possibly said this. It's got to be taken out of context. And then I saw the video, which I believe was a CNN interview, um, where he said that the writers were being unrealistic and not in so many words that this is a waste of time, and it's... It's, it's hindering coming to a resolution. No, what it's hindering is you getting what you want. Um, I was honestly, I was pretty shocked and a little disheartened to hear those words coming out of his mouth. I think he forgot himself for a second that he is spearheading a family-oriented company. And I think that he was speaking to the shareholders, trying to flex and make it seem like he's got the situation under control because this was also the day that SAG joined the ranks. You do not have control. None of the studios do anymore. So give it up and do the right thing. Um, you know, the, the other thing, um, cause we, we had mentioned this the last time, um, that we were talking about the writer's strike, um, you know, and we had said that this has been a long time coming, but what I neglected to mention just because we were so fired up, um, I did say that the actors need to join to really get the attention that this needs, but even the actors knew this was coming because have you noticed how everybody's got a side hustle? Almost every female has a perfume line, a makeup line, a skincare line. Almost every actor has a tequila, a vodka, a something. They've known this for a while. So, like I said, this is... a. It's good that it's all coming to a head now because this was just going to get way, way worse before it got better. So I just hope that they stand their ground and um, that they, they can't give in to it despite what Iger said. And like I said, I, I think he could have been a lot more delicate with the way that he put it, um, but I think he's wrong. And that's not something that I say often, but in this case, he was just very wrong.
0: Um, You know, it's been a little disheartening To see um, the last couple of months, I think uh, His return Um, You've seen the morale improve Amongst cast members around the park And I think amongst Disney fans And short-term, it helped their stock Long-term, it has not Um, Revamping the Genie Plus program That doesn't do anything because um,
1: you're still charging what we once got for free. They gave it a, a better value with adding um, the pictures to it. I will give them credit for that, and I will give them credit for the flex pricing based on park attendance, but you still shouldn't be pricing it, period, end of story.
0: It's another example of something that used to be free that you took away and are now charging for, um, And there's a lot of uh, competition down in in Central Florida. And um, I think that they are on the precipice of not being the premier attraction. Um, I think that there are people that are speaking with their wallets. Uh, You know, listen, the people who have to uh, view the world through mouse-colored glasses, and you guys know how much we love living down here and how much we love the company and how much how many great memories we have um but i'll call the spade a spade um the dip in attendance has nothing to do with politics it has nothing to do with a heat wave um it has everything to do with um people reevaluating their entertainment dollar
1: no and i would encourage people to speak with their wallets in that way When it comes to parks, though, because I do feel like a big misconception with what's going on with these strikes is that people are saying that they are going to cancel their streaming and they're going to not watch this in support of it. That's not... That's
0: the worst thing you could do. That's the worst thing you
1: could do at this point. A boycott is not being called for. Do I think it could come to that? Yeah, maybe. If this gets ugly and it gets drawn out that much, but... And now is not the time to boycott, boycott your streaming. You should be watching, you know, that show that you've been meaning to get to, now's the time to go for it. Give the stream, the or not the streamer, but give the show the hits on the streamer so that the people who worked on it do get paid their residuals. Give that popularity a boost. Go find content because that's also the big problem that the industry is not recognizing. They are not letting these shows... Find their audience. That's the biggest difference that the streamers have made. Is you're not giving anything a chance anymore. So by all means, until they start a boycott, don't not watch things. Now, now is the time to do it. Now's the time to get caught up. And now is the time. That is how you show your support by watching your favorite shows and giving them a boost. Um, if it comes to a boycott, quite honestly. You and I are in big trouble because we're going to have to put the podcast on hiatus other than Dockside Chats. Because I'm going to... Oh, we could
0: could drink margaritas once a week.
1: We could, yeah. Then it'll just all be Parks content. But um, honestly, I'll get behind a boycott. I want to go back to work. So I'll get behind it.
0: Yes. Um, but we're interested in knowing what you all have to say about all of that Disney news. You can let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Monorail Radio, or you can email us Radio at gmail.com. Um, we have a little bit of time left before everything here closes. One I think more stop? We have to make one more stop. Okay. I had to do one more. <laughs> on the way out, I need that sugar bump for the drive home. So I- rather
1: than have coffee and be up till three o'clock in the morning when you have to dopey train in the morning
0: yeah i'll be up at 5 15 so that's about six and a half hours from now um i'll be
1: sleepy training in case anyone was wondering
0: i wanted one more flavor of florida
1: and who better to supply that than the king of flavor town himself
0: so we stopped at chicken guy where they have the sunshine shake which is vanilla ice cream and fresh Florida orange juice, garnished with a beautiful fresh Florida orange. So, cheers!
1: Cheers! Oh, Florida, I'm I, so I full. I
0: anticipate this to be all the creamsicle goodness that I hope. I can smell. It smells great. Oh yeah.
1: Mm. I had to mix mine up a little bit more, but
0: that's good. That's good. It's it's not. Um, It's not overly sweet. It's heavier
1: on the orange flavor. And
0: it's more of like that bitter orange. Um,
1: Tastes more like a smoothie than I was expecting. It's so good. Because it's more fruity. Yeah, Um, it's
0: good. Really, really really like it. Um, So this would be a great sugar bump uh, for the way home. And so I was thinking about it while I was on the line. And, you know, we have a uh, straw charm from the Hidden Mickey Supply Co. uh, on the line every time we do a dockside chat. We'll throw in a... uh, a monorail radio t shirt as well. And I snagged an extra guide from Flavors of Florida. So we'll throw in a Flavors of Florida guide with a guide map as well. And I thought about it and I went, God, what should I use as my word? And I thought, well, Florida could do it little on the nose. And then I, thought, right on the nose. And I thought, what about sunshine? Because it's the sunshine state. And the, well, we got a sunshine shake is the last thing to have on this episode of uh, Dockside Chat. So sunshine is going to be. The winning word. First person to DM us on our social media Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, or, no, TikTok. No, 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 you, no can't you can't DM on, TikTok. on TikTok. So, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Uh, first person to DM us that word or email us that word, sunshine, uh, monorealradio at gmail.com, is going to win a monoreal radio t shirt, a straw charm from the Hidden Mickey Supply Co., and a guide and map from the Flavors of Florida Festival here. From Disney Springs. Thank you all so much for joining us this and every week on Monorail Radio and for every dockside chat. We hope you guys are still enjoying it. We're having a great time doing them. Uh, be sure to follow us on that social media. I just gave it to you. We are also on threads at Monorail Radio. And for links to everything related to the show, it's going to be online at monorailradio.com for Jackie and Sean. Have a magical week, everyone.